Welcome to Game Pingins episode 12. I'm your host, Kalman, and today we're having a brand new episode of Game Pingins. So, usually when I start off an episode, I say, oh, this is going to be a really short one today. This is going to be, you know, one of our shortest episodes. This is actually probably going to be one of our longest episodes. I'd be shocked if this doesn't turn out to be our longest podcast episode. There's a lot to talk about today, and uh, this time yesterday, I felt like there really wasn't that much to talk about. Last night, though, I was doing some digging and looking around, and yeah, I, I pulled up quite a bit of things that could be definitely talked about. So uh, I just want to start off this podcast with a little bit of, uh, I guess, housekeeping. That's what the cool kids say on these podcasts. Um, and I just wanted to let everybody know that if you're listening through this through Apple Podcast or uh, Google Play, um, I guess uh, YouTube, Stitcher Radio. If you're listening to one of those and hope, and we're you know hoping that the show would be on Spotify by any chance, uh, we are now on Spotify. So we added that to our arsenal of uh, carriers for the podcast, um, and I'm still looking to expand further than that. I have definitely played with the idea of putting it on SoundCloud. SoundCloud really isn't the optimal podcasting uh, service, so I'm still kind of bouncing back and forth on that. But we are on Spotify, which is really exciting. And uh, yeah, that just kind of adds another place where you can listen to this podcast. If that was your preferred podcasting app, you can go ahead and uh, check it out on there. You don't have to use Apple Podcast anymore. Uh, personally, for me, Apple Podcast is always probably going to be my preferred method. Uh, but I did check out Spotify. Uh, it's weird. The, the whole approval process for Spotify, they don't even let you know when you um, are accepted into their, <laughs> into their podcasting rank. Um, so I kind of just had to make an account and search for game opinions and see if it was on there. And sure enough, it was on there. They just didn't let me know. So really strange, uh, cause Apple podcast actually sends you a link to your, your feed after you're done. And, uh, Google play actually does the exact same thing. And Stitcher, uh, actually, I don't think Stitcher actually sent me anything either. So maybe it's just kind of like a, a primary, like first party main thing. I don't know. It's kind of weird. So Anyway, there's a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're, of course, we're going to touch upon the Apple situation. We're going to head into that. Um, that's going to be later on into the show. Um, so we want to just start off with just some uh, news stories that are kind of going on. I just labeled this as things going on in the outline. Um, so I guess we can start off with uh, kind of a sad one. It's one that we've known now for probably about, oh, I don't know if it's been like an entire year, but close to that. And that is that PlayStation Plus for PlayStation Vita and PS3 is going to end after the month of February, so this is the last month coming up. Uh, I don't know if anything's been officially confirmed yet. I've read that uh, PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Vita, free games this month look like it's probably going to end up being Stardew Valley and Persona 4 Golden. Those are the two games that are heavily, I guess, uh, believed to be the PlayStation Plus games for this month. And then PlayStation 3, to finish it off, it's probably going to have The Last of Us, and some other title that uh, I'm not really sure. So um, really kind of sad because I feel like there is an audience for PlayStation Vita, but it just seems like Sony has just been so against the PlayStation Vita since the beginning. And, uh, you know, I'm a, a pretty, uh, you know, I was at one point I was a pretty happy PlayStation Vita owner. Um, I still think it's a really good system, and there's still a lot of games on there that, you know, I'm obviously playing. I'm still playing the God of War games on there. Um, and there's there's a lot of really good Vita games on there, just not a ton of great first party support by Sony. 
really dropped the ball on that one. I think the Vita could have definitely been an integral part of the uh, PlayStation 4 ecosystem if Sony really tried hard with the system. Um, unfortunately, they didn't, and it's in the position it is now. So there's not going to be any more free games. And I, I feel like when Vita first came out, they had like that instant game library, and that kind of started a lot of this PlayStation Plus stuff. And the instant game library basically gave you, I think, I think it was like four games. I think you got like Uncharted, Gravity Rush, Wipeout, and trying to think of the other one. Uncharted, Gravity Rush. Uh, I can't really think of the other one off the top of my head, but there was like a, a list of games that you got. And of course, I probably bought all those at launch, so I didn't really get to, you know, experience that instant game library. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad to see it end um it feels like at least for me these consoles didn't come out that long ago but you look at playstation vita and yeah it's it's been a while um obviously i think it's one year younger than the 3ds but it's still i mean it's been out on the market for a long time it's just very under supported from sony um the indie obviously the indie developers really supported that system really well and there's a lot of good playstation classics on there if you were disappointed with the playstation classic obviously the playstation vita is just a logical choice to play your PlayStation 1 classics on there. But um yeah, it's it's disappointing and when it comes to PS3, I mean PS3's been out on the market since what? Like 2006 or something. Um so it's it's been out on the market for a long time. So the fact that it's just losing support now is actually really impressive and you know, we we saw this with the PS2 era, Sony tends to support their systems pretty far into their uh life cycle, even past their life cycle. So um you know, kind of like uh kind of Apple-esque in terms of, you know, supporting previous hardware. Definitely um, was a great run for PS3 and PlayStation Plus, you know, originally was established on PS3. So it, it's kind of sad to see the original system that their online infrastructure was based on is kind of just gone now. But realistically, how many more people are playing the PlayStation 3 than the PlayStation 4 at this point? I think it's, you know, logical to, to move away from that and focus on the current platforms that are making the money. I kind of disagree with them discontinuing the Vita's support for that. I mean, if anything, I think you owe it to the fans to at least give them free games every month on that system if they supported you. I mean, are you really losing that much money on it? Uh, I don't know. But uh, I think that this will probably, uh, probably eventually end up <laughs> uh, being a PlayStation uh, Plus system where you get one more PS4 game and then you get a PlayStation VR game. So that's how I think it'll be. That's how I think it should be. Um, we'll see if that's the case. I think it would be neat if Sony started, um, you know, putting on some maybe PlayStation 2 games on their shop now and maybe some, uh, you know, PS1 classics. Maybe having that as a free game, too. I think that'd be kind of cool, but those games tend to be more inexpensive anyway. So, um, you know, we'll see how that happens. But, yeah, I mean, PlayStation VR games, I feel like there's enough of them now where you can do this free game for them per month. Um, probably just one, but I think that'd be really cool. I'd love to see like Moss or something be a free game because <laughs> I really want that game, but man, it's, I have a whole discussion for the PlayStation VR. It's just such a pain to set up because of all the wires. And then when you finally set it up, it's like, I don't know, it takes a little while to adjust to VR sometimes, but Moss is actually a game I'm really interested in playing. And I hope that that is kind of in their plans to start rolling out these PlayStation VR games for free. It would give me a reason to bust it out. So, um, yeah, it's kind of sad news, you know, not the most uplifting news that these get that these systems are getting their uh, PS Plus privileges stripped away from them. 
But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, this next uh, thing I have written down here is Kingdom Hearts 3 was released. And ironically, after all this hype, I understand different audiences, but after all this hype, it's getting overshadowed by a Resident Evil 2 remake. I'm not hearing barely anything about Kingdom Hearts 3. All I'm hearing about is how Resident Evil 2 is such a stellar game, and it's a remake. Um, I'm not really a big Resident Evil fan. Uh, my favorite Res Resident Evil game I probably played was Resident Evil Revelations on the 3DS, and that was mainly because it was on a Nintendo system, it was on a handheld, and I bought literally every game I could on the 3DS when I first got it. So that was like one of my most anticipated games for that. I'm sure I'd love Resident Evil 2, and I'm sure I'll probably end up getting it, but it's just kind of crazy to me that after years of hype and years of wanting Kingdom Hearts 3, it's coming out and it's being overshadowed by a game that's like, you know, super old. I mean, obviously it's brand new, remade in HD and all that, better controls, better mechanics, plays how it really should have played originally. It's just, it's really crazy to me just how it's being overshadowed by a Resident Evil game, like of all games, a Resident Evil game, it's just kind of kind of wild. So um, I did went I went ahead and looked at their Metacritic scores. Kingdom Hearts sits at a 88 Metascore, and Resident Evil 2 sits at a 91 for critic score, and then a 9.2 user score. There hasn't been enough user scores on Kingdom Hearts 3 yet, so we'll check back into that. I mean, these are these are two completely different games, like, and I completely understand like. It's probably just where I'm looking, but I'm just saying just, you know, based off first, like, I guess, impressions, I'm hearing way more about Resident Evil than Kingdom Hearts 3, and that to me is just really, really strange. Maybe maybe Kingdom Hearts 3 isn't as popular as I perceived it in my head, but I think that that is just, like, absolutely wild to me that, that that's the case, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll keep an eye on both these games. Um, I, I don't, I've never played Kingdom Hearts, so I don't know if I'm actually going to pick that one up or not. Um, Resident Evil though, definitely seems like something I'm interested in for sure. Um, obviously I love the Evil Within, uh, franchise and they were kind of instrumental in the original Resident Evil games. So I'm sure I'd absolutely love Resident Evil too. Uh, Kingdom Hearts though, I'm just, I'm not sure yet. I might get it. I might not. I haven't played the other ones. The only ones I've ever even, the only one I actually ever even played at all. And that was just the demo was uh dream drop distance on the 3ds. So it's been, it's not, I've never really played an actual like good one. <laughs> I've only played, you know, a spinoff demo <laughs> of one. So, and when I played of it, it was pretty fun, but I don't know if I'm actually going to go in and, and get this, you know, experience on the PlayStation 4, especially when I don't really know any of the backstory. I'm not even sure if that's important. It seems like it would be because, I mean, they're chronological order and it seems like everything looks somewhat connected. Um, so I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, this next one is, next little story here is an update on Terraria for the Nintendo Switch per the Terraria form. So apparently this was announced like a long time ago. And we haven't really heard a lot of updates. So apparently on the Terraria forum, uh, they posted this. And it says, The team at Pipeworks is happy to announce that we've hit a major milestone in Switch development. Our alpha build has been submitted for review, which means major gameplay systems are in-game and ready for ReLogic to check it out. Pipeworks will be focused on our beta milestone now, which means bug fixes, polish, 
and addressing other feedback from both 505 Games and ReLogic. Expect Switch live streams, feature showcases, and other forms of content to start appearing in your feeds as we get closer to beta. The game is, or not the game, the team is thrilled at the state of our alpha build, and we can't wait to show you all the work that has been going on behind the scenes. It'll be worth the wait. Um, it is kind of crazy that it's taken this long for Terraria to get on board with the Switch. You would think that that'd be one of the first games available for it. Um, if you have, if you've never played Terraria, a lot of people can, like a lot of people, uh, compare it to Minecraft, but it's actually 2D. It's a side-scrolling game. It kind of reminds me of like you know an older, uh, like 2D, uh, not really a platformer, but kind of. I wouldn't really consider it like a Metroid game either. It's just kind of a weird mix. It feels kind of like a classic game because there's a lot of things to go and explore and figure out. There's bosses. Um, but it's like almost like all of that meets like a Minecraft style of gameplay. So there's a lot. There's a lot of gadgets, a lot of weapons. It's a really deep game if you want to make it deep. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty fun. I had it on the PlayStation Vita, which had cross-platform play with the PlayStation 4. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I wasn't really expecting to enjoy it that much, but the music is great. Um, the mechanics are really fun. The items, like collecting the different items can be a blast. Like instead of like pickaxes, you can get like drills to really just chew right through the ground. If you dig long enough, you'll pretty much end up in a lava area. And there's just, there's a lot of cool things to like about, about that game. So um, that's going to be a fun one on the Switch. I'll probably actually end up picking it up on the Switch just because it's such a great handheld game. Um, and really, I mean, it's a great game in general, but it really is awesome on a handheld and it's just, uh, it feels right at home on there. So this next one, uh, this one's a little bit of a bigger one. This is an update to our last podcast, which was the Emergency Metroid podcast. Uh, and Metroid, and this is coming from uh, the Game Informer Senior Editor, Inran Khan, hopefully I spelled that right, or <laughs> I said that right, um, hopefully I spelled it right with my words, um, he says that Metroid Prime Trilogy uh, is already complete for Switch and was supposed to be announced in December, probably, um, which I'm assuming here, probably in a Nintendo Direct because it said that it wasn't necessarily confirmed for the Game Awards, which I think a lot of people speculated, um, it was actually supposedly going to be in a Nintendo announcement outside of that, which to me would scream direct. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Um, but besides that, he actually gave us some insight into what possibly happened with uh, Metroid Prime 4's development and why it went wrong. And I thought this was extremely interesting. Um, so this is what he said in a tweet. And he says, Hearing that the big problem with Metroid Prime 4 development was Nintendo's experimental ad hoc development process. It was being made in parts of different in different countries. Some studios were trucking along saying it was going smoothly while it was on fire elsewhere. Internal thinking was that it needs to be all under one roof to right the ship. Interestingly, Retro made the pitch for their involvement and put together a demo that Nintendo liked. So this is really interesting, and I don't, and I'm not really sure how this necessarily works, but I think that there's other games, companies, and studios that do something similar. I think Rockstar is a company that does this. I think Ubisoft is also uh, a company that has been known to do this kind of thing. 
where you kind of split the development up. And this would also explain why Nintendo said that the production was going smoothly and going well. Um, they just didn't have anything to show because they asked the wrong people uh, about how the development was going. So that kind of makes a little bit of sense. There was a little bit of a miscommunication or a lack of communication um, between Nintendo and these developers. And ultimately, I think they made the right decision um, bringing it over to Retro Studios. I think it's interesting that they made a demo because they obviously wanted Metroid from the start. Um, and just how they're talking about this right now, uh, I don't want to jump back into 2014, but <laughs> I'm thinking about the uh, Adult Swim's Too Many Cook video, uh, or Too Many Cooks videos. Uh, man, I'm pluralizing everything. Too Many Cooks video. Uh, that's that's what is coming to my head here. Maybe there's just too many cooks in the kitchen, and uh, they just need to kind of isolate that from the rest of the from the rest of the um, development teams here. Um, so just keep that with Retro Studios and let them do their thing. Uh, don't you know have too many people inputting different things into this project, and just let one team focus in on that. So I thought that was a really interesting insight. I'm not 100% sure if he has insider information on that. But I thought, nonetheless, it was still a really interesting um, insight into what possibly happened with Metroid Prime 4. And just from what he says, it does make a lot of sense. Um, this next story is Nintendo Patent's eye-tracking technology, um, which is basically eye-tracking-enabled 3D viewing. Um, so this is what the patent reads. It says, Viewpoint movement detection can provide collision-related game logic benefits, such as allowing a player to dodge projectiles, giving a game character an ability to see the player when not behind line-of-sight obstacles and other advantages. So I guess this is kind of a patent that people are speculating that Nintendo is kind of going back to um, you know a 3D uh, I guess it's kind of going back to the, the 3D drawing board here, and it seems like they're not done with using 3D um, possibly in a future system or possibly with the Switch. It seems like they put a camera on the mount, like on like a mount on the TV at the top of it, and then the player would wear some kind of tracking device. I don't think it would track your eyes directly, um, but I'm pretty sure they said this would be like glasses-free 3D. So, and basically you'd wear this camera... Um, or you put the camera on the TV and you'd wear some kind of tracking device so the camera knows where you're at. It doesn't have to be anything like, you know, extremely bulky or anything like that. It seems like just a little thing to notify the camera where you're at and then it can project the 3D image, I guess. Um, a little bit confusing. Uh, these patents are all very vague and the descriptions of them, I feel like, aren't as clear cut. Like you can kind of see like a basic idea of what the patent is. But in terms of like the extremely, you know, precise and detailed uh, description of how the product works, isn't really there. It's not really present. So you're kind of left to guess. And um, yeah, so I mean, you can kind of take that as you will. I personally loved the 3DS's 3D. I'm one of the only people that always had my slider up. In fact, I felt sick if I didn't have my slider up on the 3DS. The screen would just look so flat. Um, so I was probably one of the only people that really loved the 3DS's 3D. So if they had something like this for Switch, I would totally be down. And I also wonder if it's if it works for just a 2D TV, could you technically dock the camera on top of the Switch screen if you're playing in handheld? That's kind of what I'm thinking. 
Um, I'm not sure if that would be the case or not, but I think it's actually a pretty cool um, patent, and I think it'd be a cool concept to see if Nintendo kind of does that because Nintendo hasn't really mentioned too much about like virtual reality where I feel like the other manufacturers have or they've had some kind of solution. Um, so this would be kind of cool if this is what Nintendo's vision for gaming was in the future. Um, but of course, you know, patents, there's a whole bunch of random things that get patent every year. Um, not all of them mean anything. It's just something that they decide to uh, check out. And I'm sure that their, their R&D teams are, you know, hard at work at a whole bunch of different things and, and trying to figure out new and exciting ways to play video games. So uh, that's, I think that's kind of exciting. I thought that was cool. Um, so here's our next major section here in the podcast, and that is there is supposedly no Switch price drop or successor planned for this year. Um, this is from Sankai News, translated by NintendoEverything.com, um, and they asked a question. They said, could you tell us how your goal is going for the Switch to sell 120, or not 100, to sell 120 million units would be insane, uh, to sell 20 million units within the fiscal year? And this is what uh, they had to say. Um, it said uh, This is what Nintendo's president had to say. They said, it is an extremely ambitious but worthwhile achievement, so we will maintain this goal. Nintendo Switch is our primary sales objective, and we are not considering a successor or price cut at this time. So a lot of people said that there was not going to be anything hardware related to Nintendo's release this year. And I actually believe that too. However, I think that next year, probably in the summer, I would say right after E3, I would say that there'd be another skew. So I think people get successor and skew mixed up and this could be translation. He could have meant skew or that could have been what he meant to say. Um, price cut doesn't really make a lot of sense because the switch is still selling really well. Um, it's about to have a pretty big year this year with Animal Crossing coming out and Pokemon coming out. I think those are going to be massive system sellers, especially Pokemon. Um, so there's not really a reason to price cut the machine yet. And in terms of a successor, they're not going to release a successor to the Switch anytime soon. But a successor does not necessarily equal skew. So there's probably going to be a more powerful Switch or a more portable Switch later on down the road and I would expect that I'd expect both those models and in fact I wouldn't be surprised if they released it similar to how uh, PlayStation Pro and PlayStation Slim were kind of a simultaneous release um, so I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that was the case but I think we're going to see a different skew at some point I don't think this year I think the Switch is going to have one more full year uh, under its belt before they start to change up the uh, hardware configuration and uh, I think that's honestly for the best because, I mean, there's there's so much. There's there's so much, like, good things about this machine that I feel like it can be definitely hang in there for another year before it needs to see any revisions or, you know, different, um, you know, different changes. Probably a more powerful CPU similar to what they did to the new 3DS. So I think it's going to be good for another year. Um, this next story is our main story of the day. And that is going to be Cheddar.com reports that Apple plans gaming subscription, according to five people familiar with the matter. So here's the keys to this article uh, on Cheddar.com. You guys can go ahead and just Google that. It'll be the first result you get. 
it says, uh, so basically the service is going to work similar to like a Netflix or a PlayStation Now service. It's going to be streaming, so you're not really downloading anything except probably the app. Um, so that would, that's what the service would be. Um, apparently, Apple began to have private talks with game developers. All the game developers wish to be anonymous um, for their, I guess, for their quote to be in the article. Um, and this was towards the end of 2018. Uh, signs indicate that Apple themselves would take on the role as a publisher, um, which is interesting, too, because that kind of leaves the marketing and all that stuff up to them. Um, they would kind of take on like, you know, a Nintendo or uh, Sony or, you know, EA type of role where they're just publishing and they're overseeing all these projects. So that's really interesting. Uh, in the article, Cheddar says that the plan isn't fully fleshed out yet and could be scrapped by Apple. I feel like this article in many ways doesn't it definitely doesn't really confirm anything i think a lot of people are taking this as fact right off the bat i'm not sure if that's going to be the case i think that apple obviously if they have the drive and ambition they definitely have the capital to do something like this uh it's going to be released in a pretty uh competitive market space but i think that there is kind of an arms race right now trying to become the games the gaming uh company of netflix so or the netflix of gaming rather so I think that this is definitely something that is possible. Uh, it says other business plans seem to fall in line with a potential crack at gaming, video streaming service, and new subscription service that they are planning to uh, roll out this year. So Apple seems like they're trying to make this the year of subscription services. And, you know, as I'm, I'm someone that uses Apple products every day. Uh, obviously, my desktop is built by me. But I use Apple products, iPad, uh, MacBook Pro, iPhone. I use all these products, you know, simultaneously at some times. Um, so I use these products all the time. Uh, I'm not really super interested in a streaming service. I think it would be really interesting, though. Um, I think all of this article kind of falls back to something that we talked about in a couple episodes ago, where I feel like if Apple, Google, Amazon came into the marketplace, I think that they would make their systems app-based. So all of these games would be app-based. They're not releasing any specific hardware for this. And I think Apple has a good advantage in terms of hardware like availability. I feel like a lot of people have iPhones, iPads, um, you know, specifically. And if they can make their gaming subscription service compatible with those devices, I mean, they're in a lot of hands already. And if you can, can you know, deliver compelling experiences, you know, you might be able to keep people off of consoles. Uh, I just don't know if it's likely at this point, and I don't know if this is an endeavor that Apple is ready for. This is a lot of competition. This isn't like the iPod where, you know, you had like what, some SanDisks, uh, <laughs> some SanDisk MP3 players and stuff like that. You had Zune, but there really wasn't anyone that grabbed the MP3 market quite like Apple did, or even the smartphone market quite like Apple did during the time. So this is like a, a zone where you have three companies that have really almost monopolized this gaming industry and that they've been doing this for such a long time. And you even have third-party publishers that have started up streaming services as well, like EA. So this is a really competitive market space. I think that there hasn't been a company to really do this perfect yet. 
You know, you obviously have the attempt of PS Now from PlayStation. That's really not perfect yet. The pricing is still a little bit off, I think, at least, you know, at least to me. Um, Nintendo's obviously isn't perfect yet. You have limited amount of NES games that you stream. Um, and then Xbox, once again, not super perfect yet. Um, but there's, there's just various things. There's various, uh, ways to stream these games. And I think it's, it's really interesting because the hardware doesn't really have to match up to the game that you're playing on. We've seen that with switch with different games like resident evil seven going to switch in Japan. And it's a streaming only game. So there's, there's just things like that that kind of make this plausible that Apple could potentially do this and deliver it across all of their devices. A lot of people said that Apple TV would be a logical explanation for it or a logical um, device for that to go to. I think the iPad and the iPhone, honestly, are the two devices that are going to have to be supported by this in order to be for it to be a success. So, um, yeah, it's it's just it's really strange. Um, they definitely have the capital to do it, and they can definitely take a loss. But because there's no hardware involved, I feel like it's not going to be as big of a deal. I feel like getting compelling games and experiences might be a hard thing to do. And I feel like, you know, these these companies already kind of have allegiance to the big three and really most of the third parties just to the big two, which are PlayStation and Xbox. So I don't know if Apple can really climb into this and really, you know, be able to to do that. So um, in the interview uh, or in an interview with uh with Cheddar, uh, Gene Munster, who is a longtime Apple uh, analyst, he said it's a big enough market to move the needle for Apple. So it's something that it's worth them checking out and testing the waters because this is something that, you know, Apple needs to to test out. I mean, they're trying to expand their audience and their market now that, you know, iPhone isn't as hot as it was before. Um, and of course, they're kind of in in the middle of a, a post release here, and we'll probably hear something about a new iPhone this fall. But they're kind of in like a lull right now, and it's it's you know their lull is probably like you know extremely profitable compared to a lot of other places, like a lot of other you know companies. But they're they're a super company essentially. They can afford to lose money, and I don't think they'll lose money on this because there's not a lot of hardware that's going to be going into uh, this gaming service. It's just going to be a subscription based that I think people could potentially pay for. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think that they're uh, they're definitely going to test out the waters. At least it's being heavily implied here. Um, then we have uh, Brandon Ross, who's a video game industry analyst, and he kind of said something I kind of said. Um, and he's an analyst at, at BTIG. And he told Cheddar, the vast majority of revenue coming out of the App Store is games. Subscription has proven to be a successful way of monetizing on mobile. It is completely unproven in games except for minor success from Microsoft, Sony, and Electronic Arts. And, of course, I'd add Nintendo on there now, too, with Nintendo Online, NES, game streaming. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's... It's definitely something that I feel like if you're on mobile, you stream everything. Like, you stream your movies... TV shows, uh, music. So it honestly makes sense to stream your games on there too. And that's why I kind of feel like they're definitely talking about the iPhone and they're definitely talking about being that being the primary platform. And that's why I'm not really looking too much at the, you know, Apple TV and all that stuff because I feel like they want this to be a portable, 
mobile system. And if you have an Apple TV, you can stream it to your television. So, and that's if all this is real. I mean, I think it will be real. Um, I think that this is just one of those deals where there's a lot of anonymous quotes and there's a lot of uh, unnamed sources, which might not really mean that much. I don't think this writer is just taking things out of thin air and putting them in there. But there's a reason to still remain skeptical because they did say Apple could scrap the idea, which, you know, is always a possibility. But I definitely think that, um, I definitely think that, uh, I, I would remain skeptical. I think that it's, it's a possibility for sure, but until that, until Apple comes out and they've actually, you know, decided not to respond to this story, but until they, they come out and they, uh, they say this definitively, I'm going to still remain skeptical and, and see, um, if they're actually planning on doing this, because like I said before, this is a very crowded market. Um, I think it's definitely smart that they would do app-based instead of a console, um, which I never thought they'd do a console anyway. It just doesn't make sense to add more hardware into a really crowded space um, streaming service. You might be able to do something different. And who knows, if Apple does this better than anyone else, maybe we're seeing the, the future of gaming because um, this might be similar to what it, end up, it ends up being. So, you know, if that's the case, you know, it's going to be interesting. But either way, um, I think it is pretty cool. Uh, Apple is not without their experience in the gaming industry. Obviously, Apple had a gaming console called the Pippin, which released in 1996. It wasn't really a successful system, and I don't think it really was intended to be what it <laughs> what it was. Um, but it's you know it's interesting to to keep that in mind that Apple isn't a stranger to the gaming industry. They do have some roots in gaming, um, so. I mean, it would be cool to kind of see them enter the arena again and see how that changes the market for these other systems. Um, it would essentially mean that these other systems have to get their streaming services down too. Otherwise, Apple could potentially uh, change the game up a lot. It could make gaming hardware uh, in jeopardy again. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. I think a lot of that is just overblown, and I said that before. But this is this is definitely going to be very interesting if it ends up being a thing, and I'm very curious to see how Apple performs. Um, I I do like Apple products, I do, but um, there's something about gaming hardware that I just love, and it's something that I just I don't know I value it I think a lot more than maybe other people might like of a, like a younger generation where a lot of people are so used to their uh, small rectangular objects and their large rectangular objects that. Um, you know, gaming hardware doesn't really have like a, a cool uh, factor for them. But I love looking at like old gaming hardware and the new gaming hardware. I think that, you know, consoles like the Wii U and just how obscure they are. I think it really adds to like, you know, console lore in a way. So I'd be really sad if it ends up just being everything on one device, um, even if it would be really convenient. I, I just like I like the whole hardware. I think part of being a gamer, uh, at least for me, um, is appreciation of the hardware that you're playing on. And that's why um, I never wanted Nintendo to go like third party or anything because their systems are always so obscure compared to the other systems. Um, and each one has something going for them. You know, Sony, you have like the slow evolution of like DualShock or, you know, how their, their systems look, you know, really neat, especially out of the gate. And then they kind of just like slim it down and make it more streamlined as the years go by. And then you have like Microsoft where, 
you know, they've had a they've had quite a few controller redos. Um, but it's like, you know, consoles like the Nintendo 64 and the Wii U and the GameCube, all of them just have so much of like a, a weird controller configuration. Then you have the Switch. I mean, I love gaming hardware. I think that it's fascinating to see the different takes that different creative minds have. And I'm sure we'd still see gaming controllers. It's just, I like, I just like having the gaming hardware. I think it's just really, really cool. So I'd definitely be sad if that were the case. Um, but I mean, once again, this is so early and like the talks are preliminary. There's no, uh, there's nobody on the record that's not anonymous. So I don't really think too much into it, but, um, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I guess as the year goes by and everything after that. So I think it'd be really interesting though, to see them enter the arena. So now we're actually going to enter our Twitter topic of the day. I have a few tweets here that I wanted to read off and uh, definitely excited about that. So we're going to go ahead and open these up right here. So this is from Adrian O'Neill at Adrian O'Neill. I'm pretty excited to, to hear more about this new Google console, uh, Metallurgy, which I had no idea. I don't know if that's even metallur Metallurgy. I don't know how to say that. Um, honestly, don't think it will be too long before Apple gets involved in the gaming industry in some capacity. Now, this was actually a couple days ago, um, which I find really interesting because this story came out, I believe, yesterday. So this is from a couple days ago. Um, four days to be exact. So I think Adrian might have predicted the future here. I did not know about Google's gaming console. We might have to talk about that in the next episode uh, because that kind of goes against what I said about like a Google, Amazon, or Apple, um, you know, if they threw their hat into the ring here. Um, so that's a little interesting. But yeah, I mean, this guy kind of predicted it. It's kind of cool. Um, this next guy, Cartridge Games, at Cartridge Games. He says, I've never been too keen on more console manufacturers entering the industry. Apple and Google can have a lot of impact if they're serious, but there's not really room for more platforms. Uh, and I completely agree. I think that, like, there's kind of similar to what I was saying about the whole Madbox situation. It's like, there's a lot of consoles out there right now. I mean, you have the Switch. I mean, you have the big three. You still have 3DS lingering around, which obviously isn't going to be a threat to any system coming out because it has seen its time. But I think adding a console hardware into this marketplace, I think is a big mistake. I think that you already have companies that are doing everything and you already have established fan bases. I mean, you always have the people that swing between Xbox and PlayStation. But honestly, I think at this point it's it's folly to <laughs> to try to enter this market with a piece of hardware. I just don't think that besides the three companies I mentioned, which to me makes more sense for them to go app-based. Apparently there's a Google console. We'll look into that. But to me, I think entering this marketplace with a piece of hardware just is not going to work. You just have too many strong players in that industry right now. Um, in order to do that. Now, if one of these companies like dropped out of the console race, absolutely, you know, you can definitely fill that that hole there. But honestly, at this point, I just don't see, um, I mean, that's, that's definitely not gonna happen, at least this generation. Um, and I, I definitely just don't see an opening right now for another system. I think we're, we're maxed out at three. Um, that's just the way I see it. Um, so this next tweet is from Young Soul at Uptown SM. 
Netflix for games is going to really get crowded. The only way to distinguish yourself in the console or Netflix for game spaces is exclusives, even though some gamers claim they're not important anymore. See, and, and I completely agree with this. I think that in order to make your market valuable, you have to have something the other systems don't offer. Exclusives are important. I don't care what anybody says. Go look at Spider-Man sales and, and go look at God of War sales and tell me that exclusives aren't important. Look at Smash Brothers. Exclusives are what drives your system and third-party support is what keeps them around. Like that's that to me is what is important. But exclusives are definitely I mean, why buy a system that has the exact same games? Like it doesn't set you set you apart. Exclusives are definitely crucial to a console success. You see Xbox One is struggling a bit and that's because the exclusive content on that console is not great. So I definitely agree. I think that if Apple is going to do anything here, they're going to have to have really strong exclusive content along with a strong catalog of third-party games in order to make this service work or they have to price it right. But I think that I definitely completely agree. Exclusives is the key to Apple's success in a streaming gaming market. And that's the only chance they have. They have to have amazing, critically acclaimed exclusives to bring people in completely agree with that so this one is from AugMC at AugMC2 Apple has already gone as far as they'll go into the gaming industry mobile games quote me if they end up coming out with a console or something they won't though uh, yeah they, they won't come out with a console they are going to utilize their devices they have um, you know and, and part of me thinks that they've kind of hit their mark here too with uh, mobile games but if they're going to make a gaming streaming service, they're looking, I think, to get major game developers to work with them. So I think that they're hoping to acquire support from established game companies and developers that, you know, make high quality AAA titles. That, that, that's what my impression of this was. If this is just a streaming service of mobile games, they are absolutely and utterly finished um, in terms of that. But, I mean, not like, not like finished. I mean, it's not going to be as, as a success as if they were able to acquire uh, these studios and be able to make their own exclusive amazing games along with, you know, all of the third-party support these other systems have. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that... I think that that would be a success. I feel like if this was just mobile game streaming, it wouldn't be. Um, and I feel like, like once, once again, if they come out with a console, it's just not worth it. It would probably be too expensive anyway, knowing Apple. Um, yeah, just not something that I think even remotely makes sense for them. So this next one is from Niels. Niels9001. I think it's about the Netflix business model, not streaming. With one Apple subscription to stream Apple Music, movies, and series and access to games, this could work. I actually completely agree with this. If they made this just an Apple subscription and you got all of this stuff in a bundle at a lower price, then we're then we're getting somewhere. If you have all this access, you can play your music while you play your games simultaneously. I think that's definitely worth it and something that Apple should look into. And if that's not being discussed at Apple right now, I think that they definitely should because that would probably push people to want to get this service all right this is from kevin mcleod uh or McLe mcleod i think it's mcleod 
at Afterpad. In my honest opinion, premium games on iOS, I said almost at the IRS, uh, are mostly a failed experiment at this point. Apple doing a subscription service and taking over publishing duties might help or might not help, but there isn't much of a market left to hurt. You know, I think they don't have anything to lose and really everything to gain uh, by entering the space. Um, and I think if they got some really good developers under them, I think that there's definitely a possibility that they could do something pretty cool. Um, this next tweet is from John Strunk, at John Strunk. Oh, no, at John D. Strunk. The whole rumor about Apple game subscription service now makes sense to why they blocked Steam Link as a business conflict. I did not know that. Apparently on TheVerge.com, Apple rejects Valve Steam Link gaming streaming app as a business conflict. That makes a lot of sense. So I didn't know that heading into this podcast. So um, that's actually a really interesting uh, point for sure. So um, I guess that would kind of indicate that Apple has something up their sleeve or at least they're working on something or they just identified Steam as you know, a conflicting business partner. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. That actually kind of adds a little bit of a wrinkle here. So um, yeah, I mean, that's that's actually going to wrap up our podcast today. Um, that was, you know, the Twitter topic of the day. Obviously, um, a lot of stuff today. I think, I think we're, we need to have more Twitter topics because um, I think that that's honestly what really makes this show uh, click. I think the the feedback from you guys and, and what you guys post randomly on Twitter, I mean, you guys don't even know who I am. And uh, it's fun to reach out to you guys and let you know that I was looking at your tweets. And I think, once again, I can't emphasize enough how cool I think social media with games works and how many awesome people out there uh, with opinions that, you know, kind of open your eyes to, to things or people that you um, kind of agree with or people that kind of challenge your viewpoints. So I think it's actually a really, really cool uh, part of the show. And, uh, it's always disappointing when I can't get a Twitter topic because I just can't find enough information on things. So, um, yeah, I, I was really happy with that Twitter topic today. Um, so yeah, so we'll keep an eye out on all this stuff. Um, I'm probably going to try to record another episode at some point this week. Um, I do have some guests that, um, are trying to be on the show at this point and trying my best to work it out so they can get on, um, because we definitely want to uh, definitely want to include some more people here. It's like I said, this isn't going to be a single man show forever. Um, we kind of just go through lulls here. Um, Kimberly is still, um, you know, she's kind of doing her th own thing right now. So, um, but we're we're once again. I mean, we we're, we're planning on doing this again, and we're going to have more people on the show, and that's exciting to me going forward. But until then, you guys are just stuck with me, which I think is okay. I mean, it's not a big deal, and I I honestly feel like. Doing these solo man podcast shows, it kind of helps improve uh, just, you know, it kind of, I think it helps me as a host. Um, that way when people come on, I feel like I can actually talk about things and not be awkwardly silent while they're, you know, doing their thing. So uh, I think this is honestly just going to help me in the end. But um, yeah, so make sure if you guys like this podcast, if you made it to this point, congratulations because, man, this is this is a pretty long one today. Um and uh, yeah, if you guys like this, make sure you share it. And if you guys want to, if you guys don't like the show or you guys need some improvements, 
um, you know, definitely drop me drop me a comment on YouTube or drop me a comment on Twitter um, at Game Pinions and just you know kind of get feedback because that's that's how the show's gonna grow. Um, it's gonna grow from your feedback and from what you guys you know want in a podcast. So um, definitely any feedback, any pointers, anything like that, definitely appreciated. Um, and of course, if you really like this show, drop me a review on iTunes or on Apple Podcast or I don't know how Spotify works possibly review on there but apple podcast would be great for google play um because those reviews really go a long way it kind of gives me an indication of whether or not you guys like the show so um yeah definitely share with your friends and all that and uh yeah man i'm, I'm super excited as we uh are closing in on episode 20 now right we're we're on the march to episode 20 um i'll try to have something special planned for episode 20 but um yeah man i'm, I'm just super excited so once again, thank you guys so much for listening in, and I hope to, I hope to see you guys later this week. Uh, I'm going to do my best to record another episode. I do have another series that I'm actually trying to work on here, so um, I don't know if that'll be ready for this week. It's probably a little bit off into the future. But until next time, I will see you guys. Have a great day. 